0: Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Blow. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday, May 21st edition of Locked on Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, senior NFL draft analyst at TheDraftNetwork.com, and your host is Smith the today. Uh, We're going to talk about some potential cuts, some surprising cuts that we could see for the Miami Dolphins. But not before we talk about everybody's favorite third-string quarterback, Josh Rosen. Rosen's become a popular dividing topic for Dolphins fans because there was a subsection of Dolphins fans, seemingly as there is with every topic. There's two very split, devout schools of thought, and there were with the Miami Dolphins and Josh Rosen before the 2019 NFL draft when the Dolphins traded back in the second round and then traded for Josh Rosen, whether or not he should have been a move that the Dolphins made. But I will say this. If you are a fan with the school of thought that the Dolphins or any NFL team that does not have a quarterback should swing the bat on a quarterback every year until you find one, you should not be upset that the Dolphins took the risk they took with Josh Rosen. But They did. It has not materialized well. We will need to talk about the Miami Herald's report that came out yesterday as far as added context as to why Chad O'Shea was relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator at the end of the year. It has a lot to do with what we thought it probably had a lot to do with, and we'll get into that as well. But Mike Giraldi of NFL Network went on the airwaves yesterday and made an announcement regarding the Miami Dolphins and how they are processing moving forward with Josh Rosen that I think is worth a little bit of our time. So let's start today's show there first and foremost. Michael Girardi of NFL Network took to the airwaves yesterday in talking about AFC's quarterbacks and and spoke about the dynamics of the Dolphins quarterback room. And the interesting nugget that he dropped was pertaining to former UCLA quarterback and Arizona Cardinals quarterback and former top-10 overall pick Josh Rosen. Uh, Girardi said uh, teams uh, have called the Miami Dolphins uh, to gauge Rosen's availability this offseason, and thus far the Dolphins are in no hurry to trade him. There's a number of different layers here that could be interpreted, and depending on what camp you were in regarding Rosen before they traded for Rosen, you could package this a number of different ways, right? You could say, oh, well, there's still hope for Josh Rosen as a football player. You could say, well, the Dolphins aren't going to get diddly squat for him, so they're not going to trade him and give him away for nothing after they just traded a a second-round pick for him in 2019. But I think the most important thing here to remember is two things. First and foremost, the fact that Josh Rosen still has teams that are gauging interest in him despite the poor play that he had in 2019 is promising. And by the way, if you read the Miami Herald's report yesterday talking about why Chad O'Shea was fired from the Miami Dolphins, much of the feedback from players in the building was this was a young team and Chad O'Shea was trying to implement advanced offensive concepts that Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady were using in years 15-plus, working together at the NFL level. And the Dolphins, with their young roster, could not absorb that. So for the sake of Josh Rosen, despite being a very intelligent player, we saw a lot of those dynamics in play watching Josh Rosen try to play football for three games where his head was just spinning, trying to keep up with all the responsibilities he had pre-snap at the line of scrimmage, setting the box, route adjustments, so on and so forth, and then it slowed down his processing after the snap as well. So with that now kind of being out in a public space, and I'm sure it's been at least behind closed doors to some degree, now you ask yourself, okay, you know, does that reinvigorate some optimism from other teams who might need a quarterback and want to take a cheap roll of the dice and take one on Josh Rosen like the Dolphins did? But even if that was the case, the Dolphins are handling this close to the vest, and, you know, the... They may end up getting burned flying too close to the sun one of these times. But Chris Greer just played chicken with the entire NFL with the number 5 overall pick to stay pat and get his quarterback into a tongue of Iloa. Now, he's got a buy low, sell lower opportunity with Josh Rosen where teams are probably calling him up, offering him a late day three pick, whatever. And if desperate times called for desperate measures, yeah, sure, you can move on and bite the bullet and take a hard loss. But the Dolphins have two years of roster control for very negligible amounts of money. He's a quarterback. He's a former top 10 pick. There is much unknown about him and the new narrative surrounding Chad O'Shea and what the offensive experience was in Miami and how Ryan Fitzpatrick almost had to take the helm uh, of installing and, and... constructing a workable offense with all of his experience 15 years in the league. It may have changed the dynamics and and some hope for better long-term payout for Josh Rosen, but the dolphins rightfully should be in no hurry to trade him because his stock arguably will never get lower than it is right now. So the dolphins being willing to, you know, However their true feelings are for Josh Rosen, to be able to sit on sit back and and let teams come to them and make inquiries whilst not giving an impression that this is a player that is for sale and they seem to be and they're putting off the perception that they're invested into getting him to be a better quarterback and with Tua Tagovailoa's durability. Now, who knows? If Ryan Fitzpatrick retires and they keep Josh Rosen in 2021, we might see Josh Rosen play some football. And if he looks really good there, then guess what? Now, all of a sudden, you've got a former top 10 pick who sat on the bench for two years, got into a simplified offense, had some continuity with his coaching staff. Lo and behold, he might actually look pretty good. Lo and behold, you might be able to cash out and get close to what you paid to get him. Or... Maybe even more if he plays lights out for an extended period of time. You never know. So the Dolphins not being desperate in the here and now is the latest example of this team seeing the big picture, even for a seemingly flop in Josh Rosen. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Built Bar. I've been pumping the gas on these protein bars for the entirety of the month of May thus far, and I promise you it's not just lip service. These things, whether you want to use them as a post-workout meal, a meal replacement, or a healthy snack throughout the day, I can't think of a better bridge between meals than Bilt Bar. These things eat and chew like candy bars. They have, whether you like chocolate, desserts, fruits, they've got flavors for everyone. With 110 to 150 calories a piece, as much protein as an average protein bar, and one-seventh the amount of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar, these things are heaven-sent and are one of the highlights of my cuisine every single day. I promise, not just lip service, but don't just take my word for it. We have an offer for you as Locked On Dolphins listeners. Promo code locked on at builtbar.com will get you $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. That's builtbar.com, promo code locked on, save $10 off your first box and find out for yourself what all the fuss is about with Built Bar. So, I would like to get into the Miami Herald report a little bit regarding Chad O'Shea because there's been a lot of speculation. Uh, we've made some speculations, and most of it, you know, was logical leaps to make. But we did get some some affirmation. And I'm not in the business of um, reading out stories from behind paywall, so I'm not going to give you guys the full extent and spectrum of what the Dolphins' uh, dynamics were here. But I do think there are are a few important things. Uh, of note that we should mention, uh, including the fact that one player described the situation on offense to the Miami Herald as a, quote, shit show, Noting O'Shea tried to... Te- this is a direct quote from the Miami Herald. Uh, one player described the situation on offense last year as a, quote, shit show, Noting O'Shea tried to teach an offense that was too complex for a young team and that teaching instruction during film study was a, quote, disaster. Okay. So... You could tie this into a number of different positions, the offensive line, Josh Rosen, the quarterback play, regardless of what component of the offense you're looking at. Chad O'Shea came from an offense that was very much sight adjustment oriented. There's a lot of option routes. Quarterback is in total control of everything at the line of scrimmage. Ryan Fitzpatrick, with 15 years of experience, was able to absorb most of this, and that's why he was the, t- the team's choice to bring it back, right? He brought this team back from the brink. This team started 0-7. They greatly struggled on offense. Over their last eight games, they averaged over 25 points a game after Ryan Fitzpatrick is reinstalled, and Fitzpatrick kind of imposes his will offensively. So knowing how the players felt about this Patriot-style offense and knowing that they went to a simplified offense with Shane Gailey. are space the field. We're not going to run a bunch of too tight incense and make everything condensed. We're going to space the field. We're going to make it easier for quarterbacks to make decisions. It's it, it, Things are going to be much more visual and much less in real time, adjusted routes, adjusted landmarks based on what defenses are giving us. Because theoretically, what Chad O'Shea was trying to do, it should work. Right, we're going to go where defenses are not on every play. But you've got moving parts, at wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, offensive line, all making site adjustments, all at the same time, all trying to react to the defense. Too many players not on the same page with a young team. The only other thing that I will reference from this uh, Miami Herald report directly, out of respect for the Herald, is... Uh, Chad O'Shea would go to Brian Flores and say, players don't know the playbook. And then the players would say, well, yeah, we can't understand the playbook because it's it's we're swimming in information. So, you know, that was generally the hypothesis. And when you looked at how the Dolphins proceeded with their game plan this offseason, everybody kind of concluded and deduced this. Uh, but we finally have some finality here at a final, say, based on a report from players inside the building sharing their thoughts on the install of the offense and what the structure and, and infrastructure of the Dolphins offense looked like. And it, quite frankly, was a mess, which we knew it was a mess to a certain degree. But to get that affirmation is good reinforcement of this team had to move if they wanted to get things right for the 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 here and now and moving forward. And I think that's the thing that got lost with the change of Chad O'Shea. And we have this context now, right? Because they made a big change uh, with their personnel and their approach. Uh, But if Brian Flores was going to retain Chad O'Shea with concerns and it didn't work for another year, knowing how aggressively the Dolphins were going to have to spend this offseason to get players to move forward. if you were going to change your offensive identity, change it now. Don't spend another year and bring in another group of talents to fit you know a multi- tight end set offense that attacks moving the football down the field in a certain way and then make the change and say, well, you know actually now that we got two or now that we got our quarterback, we're going to transition to something that's more friendly for him because you've invested cash and players. Versus the old model that you would then be changing twelve months out. So everything the Dolphins do from here offensively, we should expect to fit within this overhead view of how an offense is supposed to operate. You know the density of the offensive linemen and, and uh, you know the, the the horizontal spacing of the field and the RPO concepts and those sorts of things should be. Staples, no matter you know, Ch- people have asked, you know, Chan Gailey's like really old as an offensive coordinator. What's the long term plan? It's this, these concepts are going to live on. I'm less worried about Chad O'Shea versus being a young offensive coordinator versus Chan Gailey being an old offensive coordinator as I am. You know, I would have been more concerned if Brian Flores had concerns about the offense and he kept Chad O'Shea because he worked with him in New England and then. We get through another year, and there's the same feedback from more players, but you've spent a bunch of cash and money to bring in players to fit the Patriots-style offense versus the horizontal spread offense that we have in place now. That was the right move, and Brian Flores seeing the bigger picture of what he wants this football team to be and how he wants to make it accommodating for a young quarterback and for a young team in general – to be able to master their responsibilities instead of, well, if A then B, but if B then C, and if C then D, and you put all these layers into every single play, it forces your team to play slower because you got to think and react. It takes reps, and more reps than you're going to get in one training camp, especially with so many new pieces. So that's the book. Thanks to the Miami Herald, we have the book on what exactly happened with Chad O'Shea and that departure. And knowing what we know now, I think it was the right decision to make, so kudos to Brian Flores for not being afraid to do what is best for this football team, which at the end of the day is his ultimate responsibility as the head coach. Let's talk roster cuts. Uh, That's been a big question over the course of the last two Power to the Pods. Is What... uh, What are some surprising cuts for the Dolphins? And you look through this roster and I'm challenged to find what I would classify as surprise cuts because so many of the Dolphins players at this point with 60% overturn from the roster from last year to this year in 2019 and another what's going to equate to somewhere around 50% roster turnover this year well, a lot of the names that are in the building are names that are here for a reason, and they're names that we should expect to see make the roster. Like you go through the the R-Lads too deep for the Dolphins right now, and you know, Parker, Hearns, Wilson, Davenport, you know, with Austin Jackson being listed as a backup right now. Flowers, Karis, Dieter, uh, Davis, Gusecki, Fitzpatrick, Howard, Breta, Chandler Cox, Shaq Lawson, Devon Godshall. Christian Wilkins, Vince Beagle, Raquan McMillan, Elandon Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, Byron Jones, Noah Abe Like, how many of these guys have been here before 2019? You got Bobby McCain, Xavier Howard, Raquan McMillan, Devon Godshall, Gasecki technically by a year, Jesse Davis. That's it. Now, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker. Very small percentage of the players that are projected to be starters or key backups are players that have not been here since before 2019. So now you need to get into okay, who are the players who are in deep position groups who might see the numbers game counted against them? And I, you know, you first looked at the interior offensive line. Shaq Calhoun, who started a bunch of games for the Dolphins last year, he ain't even gonna make the roster. The Dolphins don't bring in Robert Hunt, Solomon kindly Austin Jackson, uh, Ted Karras, and Eric Flowers if they're not planning on completely overhauling the unit. Deion Talcun, Chad Calhoun, as an uh, undrafted free agent from 2019 played out of necessity. I don't think he's making the roster. Um if I wanted to look for a surprise cut offensively, I'd probably come up with two. Miles Gaskin, who was a 2019 seventh round draft selection. Uh, the running back room, Chandler Cox, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard. Fullback, no competition at that position. Howard and Breida were brought in this year. Malcolm Perry's in the mix, and Patrick Laird outplayed Miles Gaskin for, for reps throughout the course of last season. So Gaskin, despite the fact that he was picked, I would say you know we can count Kalen Balaj out of the mix with how poorly he played last year. If you want to classify that as more of a surprise pick or cut, you can do that. That's fine. Uh, But I would say Balaj and Gaskin are the two guys on the outside looking in if we try to narrow down the running back room. Offensive line-wise, I'd be surprised if they cut Dieter because he was a third-round pick by this year's staff. Uh, But Julian Davenport maybe. Now, if Austin Jackson is able to wrangle away the left starting tackle role and Robert Hunt wins the right tackle role, forcing Jesse Davis to be uh, either inside at guard or potentially a swing tackle and the Dolphins get stable play out of Solomon Kindley, who they took in the fourth round. Now, would you ideally like to get two rookies starting next to each other on the right side of the offensive line? No. But if it materialized and that was your best group of five, I could see Davenport being a cut option. I don't expect him to be cut, but I think there's a realistic pathway to him being cut if Jesse Davis, who has experience playing on both sides as an offensive tackle, can be the swing tackle if, he, if he's beaten out by two of the rookies on the right side of the offensive line. Defensively, I think Sam McWavin's going to have a real hard time making the roster, and that's a shame. Uh, I don't think Sam McGuavin's status as a questionable player in the roster for 2020 is any indication of the play Sam McGuavin had. But the Dolphins went out this offseason in addition to having Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan. And they bring in Camus Gruger-Hill, Elan and Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, they drafted Andrew Van Genkel in the fifth round of 2019 as a plus athlete. Vince Beagle's ingratiating himself as kind of a hybrid off ball guy. Iguavin will have a difficult time working through the numbers game to make the roster. If you had to ask me as another way to, to spin this, we're going to pull up the Dolphins' draft history. And I'm going to look at the 2019 draft, and you're going to say, Mikhail, which 2019 pick is least likely to make the roster? Wilkins, Dieter, Van Ginkel, Prince, who's already been cut, Chandler Cox, Miles Gaskin. See, Miles Gaskin is the least likely to make the team. And Chandler Cox is a little bit of a, a wild card because... The Dolphins moved away from the stereotypical New England Patriots style, You know, a lot of heavy sets, condensed formations. They're not doing that anymore. They're going to space the field. So that would put Chandler Cox as a, a, you know, he's got some receiving ability. He's a good athlete, but generally speaking, this is a fullback through and through. He's not going to give you a lot of contributions as a ball carrier. Maybe as a pass catcher, he can give you something of substance as a third tight end, and he's versatile. Played some special team snaps. Chandler Cox might be a bit of a surprise if the Dolphins elect not to carry a fullback. But other than that, uh, I think this this team is really going to be chalk with a lot of the guys that they bring over from year one to year two under Brian Flores. So we'll keep looking for surprise cuts and, you know, maybe they bring in some splash player between now and the start of training camp, and that changes the dynamics of a certain position group. But right now, been asked a lot, who are surprise cut candidates for the Dolphins? The best I could come up with for surprise cuts was Miles Gaskin as a draft pick last year. Sam McQuavin, who is a player, should not be in consideration to be cut based on what he did with his reps last year, but it's a numbers game at linebacker, and they've brought in a ton of new pieces. And Julian Davenport is maybe the best pure surprise cut, depending on how the right side of the offensive line plays out, and if that frees up Jesse Davis to serve as a swing tackle. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked on Dolphins. We got one more this week tomorrow, so make sure you hit subscribe. Come back and see us again. Appreciate you guys carving some time out of your day. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Go buy yourself a box of Built Bars. Enjoy your afternoon, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.